What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 135 of your favorite podcast, The Gordon Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Haley, alongside my co-host, Brandon Long. And today, we continue yesterday's episode, but Brandon and I are going to talk about getting stage ready. I'm not talking about just getting ready to step on stage. I'm talking about you look like you deserve to be up there. You're ready to kick some ass. We're talk about the mental, physical protocols approach to this, and it is going to be good. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it, as always. Gordon Podcast brought to you by Revive Supplements, brought to you by Raw Supplements. Use code Mahaley at checkout. Please scroll down to the bottom of the page. Leave us five stars. I greatly appreciate it. Get your notepads ready. I'll see you inside. All right, guys, I want to kind of pick up uh, where Cameron and I left off in yesterday's podcast episode. I know a ton of you found extreme value in that. If you did not listen to it, I would recommend stopping this one, going back to that one. Listening to that one all the way through, we we honestly, I thought we did a great job condensing it and packing it full of information. It was only, what, six, five minutes? Yeah, wasn't bad at all. Yeah, six, five minutes. So, man, it's so hard to, like, unpack so many things, like, in that time frame. But, you know, we always, like, try to keep it as listener-friendly as possible. Like, personally, I don't like listening to podcasts that are, like, more than, like, 40 minutes long. It's so, like, mm-hmm. but when you have a guest on, there's back-and-forth dialogue, you know, that's a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? It's so, like... I try keeping ours around that like 30, 40 minute mark. Um, you guys did a good job, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like it was just jam packed of information. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk today about getting stage ready. I'm not talking about getting on stage and competing. No, I'm talking about like actually being there, actually having a physique that's, you know, worth a win. Um, and, you know, understand the difference. <laughs> like, like not every win is a win. Sometimes you just win because no one better than you was there. Like, you didn't actually win because you were good. You win because you sucked the least. <laughs> <laughs> or there's nobody in your class. Or, or it's a solo <laughs> class. I mean, dude. Fuck. that would suck. Huh? Dub's a dub. Yeah, d- hey, dub. <laughs> so um I, I i i want you guys to understand that context of like this means when you walk on stage like yep that fits the criteria that's exactly where we need to be in terms of conditioning um which obviously the criteria is much much more than conditioning but i think a place where most folks miss the mark as they work you know up into higher levels of muscularity um competing on stuff is the perfect conditioning and, you know, actually doing what it takes is, you know, the bigger you get, the harder it is to diet. Like the easiest diet is a bikini girl diet. They're the least amount of lean body mass. And, uh, you know, the next easiest would be like a men's physique guy. Like they have the least amount of lean body mass from, uh, you know, on the men's side, like the more muscle you have, the much, much, much harder it is to die. You know, all that muscle demands energy. Mm-hmm. And commonly when you're someone who's more muscular, it means that, you know, you're training harder overall commonly i think i think we can all agree that you know classic physique trains harder than men's physique and bodybuilders train harder than classic physique over long periods of time i I don't think anyone's going to like refute that and the same on the women's side Mm -hmm. figure trains harder than bikini women's physique trains harder than figure more Um, they just require more tissues yeah it requires so much more like it requires different mindset Mm -hmm. and also you know I mean, you can be a top tier classic physique guy, you know, in you know two or three years, right? You know, and body, I'm I'm on year six of <laughs> bodybuilding. I mean, yeah, most bodybuilders, honestly, actually, this is really interesting. Um, you know, if you take the top ten of the 2018 Olympia, uh, I believe it's 2018, all those guys turn pro within the first four years of their first show. Wow. Yeah, like talk about the genetic component to bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Like that's it right there. But then, how long did it take to get to the? To the Olympia, Olympia stage. Um, I mean, the youngest guy there, 
yeah, the youngest guy there would have been he, not not they're not young. Like, I mean, Hunter Labrada this past year, what is he, 26? Like, he's such an extreme outlier. He's such a genetic freak. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, most guys are at the Olympia, like, in their, uh, you know, 32 to 35. Like, that's, like, when they make their first one. So, I got five years. I'm yeah. Good. I got four and a half years. But they've been five bodybuilding good. for 15. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what people don't see. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, by the time, by the time I turn pro at minimum, I'll have been in this eight years. Yeah. You know, Somewhere between the eight to ten year mark is where I'm going to turn pro. That's huge. Yeah, that's a long that's time. A long, that's a huge. By the time I'm at that ten year mark, I'm fucking thirty. <laughs> like that, a third of my life has been spent doing this. Twenty shit. year reunion coming yeah, up. Hey, twenty year <laughs> high school reunion <laughs> right around the corner. <laughs> but I want to talk about getting truly stage ready and. You know, this is, as we all know, getting truly stage ready, brutal. I mean, how'd it feel for you? Uh, it's hard to compare it to anything else because it was like, it was my first time. Yeah. So I went in. And you only did 12 weeks. I went in expecting the worst possible thing ever. ever. Yeah. And I felt like because I did that. Yeah. You know, it didn't get as bad as I thought it was going to yeah. be. Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to be crawling into the gym. Yeah. I'm going to be crawling up the stairs. Yeah. And because I had that mindset um, and nothing was that bad. Yeah. But also, like, like we, we talk about all the time, like, we come from athletic backgrounds exactly. to where, you know, we've been through this type of pain. We've been yeah. through suffering like that. But I will say, when we did no carb, no fat for five weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I was... Yeah, there, strictly there, there protein. Were, there was a month that, that was easily the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. Brandon had like 400 grams of carbs across an entire month. That was the <laughs> hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, because we did a 12 week expedited prep. So, like, obviously, this isn't something that I always, there's only two times I ever did that, you and Katie Younger. You know what's and funny you know, is I didn't know that that was expedited. Yeah, I yeah, that was 12, normal. yeah, 12 weeks is like a common time for bodybuilding to be about 20 weeks. That's ideal. I didn't know that. Yeah, and you got peeled. Yeah. I mean, you were you were by far the most in shape guy in your second show. Mm -hmm. um, and in your first show, the only person with better conditioning. I mean, really, you still had better Besides conditioning. Ross. But Ross was just so much bigger. Yeah, that like it looked so like his conditioning was better. Yeah. Um, I was and, more and, peeled than, uh, yeah. than uh, Sean or Shylock. Shylock, they do that one the overall for the men's physique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, easy. Mm -hmm. Easy you were. Yeah. Um, like, Brandon was definitely, like, you know, he got inside out. And, yeah, there were times that, you know, it definitely sucked. Brandon also got out of the cheat code. Like, he wasn't making it. Yeah. <laughs> so, take that away. Like, take that away. What if you woke up so, in this yeah. house alone by so you have every to go single day, yeah. Every single day, you don't have you two, like, you watching over me. System, yeah. You know, kind of, like, making sure that I'm on track. Yeah. You know, watching that I don't fuck up. Making yeah. sure I do... Like you would notice if I didn't go do cardio. Yeah. You guys would notice. Yeah. You know, like, if I were to skip that, you guys would notice. That's how all my preps were until like like this one. It'd be a lot so easier low. to Dude, say I'm not going to do that if oh, you yeah. were here. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. They, they, there were, I, I can think of two preps I did where there were, there, there was probably two or three cardio sessions that didn't get done. Mm -hmm. But at that point, I was an overall champion. Mm -hmm. And then I did the Ohio prep. And I was an overall champion. And let me tell you, everything got done. Yeah. Everything that could have possibly been done. Got right. And now with this prep, you know, it's funny, like going into this prep with 
like knowing being where I'm at now in bodybuilding, it's, it's like a practice. Mm -hmm. You practice being a good bodybuilder. And the only way to do it is like competing a yep. lot. Mm -hmm. like there's, there's so many people that like want to wait till it's perfect time when they have this monstrous physique. And so you can all say, it's not going to happen. Cause like mm -hmm. you have to learn how you have to learn how to lose. And then you have to learn how to go from a loser to someone who's in contention to win. And then you have to learn how to become an actual winner. Yep. Like and, and a, a winner can show up at any show in America at any single time, at any time of being contention for a W. Like, again, just because you won a class in shit competition does not mean you're a winner. It means you're in contention to win. Right. So, like, there's those three levels and then you go from a winner to a true champion. That's like the national level shit, right? Mm -hmm. And like, that's where I'm trying to learn like to go right now. But it's easy for me for a couple reasons. One, I've coached so many fucking people there right. that it's like, oh shit, like I know, like I know what you have to do and like mm -hmm. the expectation's clear. But like, it's just a not, like everything's a non-negotiable. Hitting your diet. Yep. Not negotiable. Crushing the cardio, beating the previous logbook. You know, everything. It's just like there used to be contemplation of, man, I really don't want to do this. Yeah. But now, like now that it's so yeah. bodybuilding like doing gets all easier. those things right. And then you still lose. You're like, fuck, that yeah. even wasn't enough. Yeah. But like, bodybuilding gets easier as you practice. Mm -hmm. Just like shooting free throws gets easier as you practice. And so, like, I want people to kind of understand that because I know there are first time competitors early on competitors who listen to this and like obviously you know you were like that as well like there were days where you were like dude I, I like you were trying to talk yourself out of things it'll go away mm -hmm. it'll go away absolutely like eventually it does. it's just practicing the mindset of no i'm a bodybuilder mm -hmm. i'm not competing in bodybuilding i'm now a bodybuilder now mm -hmm. it's your entire fucking life yep. right um so the number one item i see number one item top of the list that I see people struggle with in terms of getting truly stage ready is dieting time. They just simply need more time. And everyone really underestimates this. So there's obviously a lot of different ways I go about um, dieting clients. But if I think someone needs it, dude, we'll start the dieting process like 30 weeks out. And we'll go from like 30 and we'll go for two months. We'll go for eight weeks. We'll do, an, you know, a, we'll, we'll drop body fat for eight weeks We'll coast in for about four weeks. So it's like a month long of like at maintenance, slightly above maintenance. And I use the term maintenance so fucking loosely. Dude, I'm not sitting here with my calculator out. Like you, you learn the fucking body as you work right, with it, right? right? Like, and that's how you can figure the fucking maintenance. Mm -hmm. Where you pull back stressors, you pull back training, you pull back cardio because you want to increase, you want to decrease that minimum stimulating threshold point. You pull back supplements, you buy back drugs, all that stuff. Now we're at. 18 weeks out and we'll, you know, we'll push again. We'll another two, two months of pushing. And in that four week off time, I mean, you shouldn't accrue really any body fat scale can go up a little bit. Cause your body fills back out with glycogen and fluids and stuff. But you should like be accruing all this fucking body fat. Right. Like there, there should be none. If the scale goes up, it should be, you know, maybe two, three pounds for a female, maybe five, six pounds for a male. It just depends on muscularity. Mm -hmm. Um, but you we restart the dieting process and you get so, you know, such good results and mentally clear because, you know, you split it up into segments. You go through another eight week phase and you're at 10 weeks out. Well, fuck dude, you're at 10 weeks out. Like you've done 16 weeks of dieting in the last 20 weeks. Yep. Like you should, you're sitting pretty fucking good. Now we can focus on a lot of different factors and, you know, we can focus on playing the long game here. We can focus on, we have another two, three weeks where we can ride you out maintenance, you know, same thing we just did it 
you know, uh, what, eight, uh, 22 weeks out from 22 to 18 weeks out. Uh, we do that exact same thing here. And then, you know, now you're seven weeks out or so. And like, then you just refine the physique for seven weeks. Um, like that's something I like doing a lot because it, it gives you time. It gives you time to, it gives you time to fuck up and correct it. Right. Right. As like in a prep, um, I mean, there's not really a time we fucked up during your prep, but honestly, I think guys are so easy. Right. Um, like, I, I, I really think guys are easy. It's just... Did you feel like if we did fuck up, would we have enough time to... No. I didn't... That, that's another thing is my focus was so sky high that we didn't have time to fuck up. Mm-hmm. Like, you were 15% body fat when we started prep, and you were 5% on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, we had to drop 10% in 12 weeks. Like, we had to go. Dude, that and shit like, was hard. Yeah. And what's wild is, I mean, your cardio... What's high cardio? got 70 minutes a day, 80 minutes a day? No, I never was over. You were never 60. over an hour. No, never even over an well, hour. Well, that's because that's how hard I push. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was eight miles. That's, that's an important note for it was people to realize. Eight and a half miles was the yeah. highest I got in the elliptical. That's the high. That's the most cardio I had anyone do last year. Yeah, eight and a half eight miles, and, a half. and then two hundred and sixty floors. So if you're listening to this and you had less cardio than that and it took you longer than that it just means you weren't pushing hard enough but that's huge variable it's like what Cameron and I were talking about mm-hmm. yesterday in the podcast um, you know with focusing on calories um, like if if I'm having you burn a thousand calories in a cardio session like that a thousand calories is still a thousand calories no matter where you're at in contest prep still a thousand calories you gotta continue beating that time mm-hmm. and, and putting forth the effort to do there now you can do a thousand calories at a slow pace. That's fine. You're going to be there four fucking hours. Yeah. And that's not on me. That's not on coach. Yeah. That's on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the way I do cardio is kind of the same way they do. My background's as a sprinter. Yours is a football player. Right. Yo, I'm going to hit that hole and I'm going to go. Yep. Like I hit start on the elliptical and I literally like, I hear the metaphorical gun go off in my head to where like the race has started. Right. Right. Like the whistle blows. Yeah. Ball set. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm going Yeah, like hike and you just go I'm trying to get this over with as and fast as I can. don't stop. Yeah. Like the goal is winning the race or scoring a touchdown or finishing this fucking mm-hmm. cardio. When you operate, someone actually shared this quote from us yesterday. When you operate like every single variable's fourth and goal, it really does change the way you perform. Yep. And like I talked about in the YouTube video that we're going to be dropping, uh, that, that Ian's putting together right now. I don't know if you hear me talk about it. No, Ty was up there. You went up there. I was talking about beating the logbook in pre- you, you, you have You have to. I'm four weeks. I'm five weeks in and 26 pounds down now. And the logbook's getting destroyed. That's like insane. Every... First of all, that's nuts. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that's over five pounds a week. Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. What? Yeah, I feel, I'm feeling fucking good, though. I feel really good. You're 14 pounds away from my total. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what's dope now is the scale's not changing much. And like the physique changing a shit ton. Mm-hmm. Like I really feel like I'm shrinking and growing. Also, I mean, I can't, I, I'm not even going to front to people. Like drugs are pretty high and like the training's insane. And like my food is still really high, but dude, like you, you add in that cardio and like, I go really fucking hard on the cardio. Like yeah. for, so for me, I'm almost 270 pounds. Like we're really hard on the cardio. Dude, I wonder how many calories it actually burn that thing. Yeah. Like if you were to like type in your, like, yeah. It's your, like your it's, it's only 25 minutes that mm-hmm. I do, but dude, I, I, man, I bet it's a thousand calories that I burn in that bitch. And like, it's just dropping it off, you know, because how hard you're going and understand, like, we're not talking about bouts of going real fucking hard. No, we're like, this is a steady state mm-hmm. pace. It's just fucking intense. It's exactly. just hard. 
Yeah, you got the you got the the level at like seven or eight. Yeah, and you're just at a steady I do pace incline the whole time. three level eight, and mm-hmm. I just fucking crank yep. as hard as I. What I do is can. I I make sure that I don't drop below a certain mile per hour. Oh that way, yeah, that's that, good. That way I know that I'm at a steady state. Like I'll stay so between. So I let go ahead. So if like the one we have here at the house, I yeah. won't let it drop below six miles per hour. I wonder how fast to go. I'm a, I'm gonna pay attention tomorrow morning. Yeah, because I haven't looked at it. Yeah, I won't let it drop below six. And then the one at the gym, like you said, you and Cameron were talking about yeah. using the same piece of equipment every yeah. single day. I do that for my day. prep. Yeah, that's why yeah. I went, drove to the gym every single yeah, morning. Yeah, use the exact same one. Yeah, and then I, on that one specifically, I wouldn't let it drop below nine miles an hour. That makes sense. That resistance was a little yeah, bit different. It's just different. Yeah. yeah. So like I got used to that one and like I'm getting used to this one. I won't let it drop below that little threshold. So you know, you know what I do that makes it really fucking easy? And people, if you if if uh, if you haven't tried this, I would recommend trying, especially if you're into EDM. I put on a SoundCloud mix, like one that we listen to in the gym, mm-hmm. and I get in a rhythm with one of the beats. Because there's like so many beats going on at once. And like I get in a rhythm with one of the beats. And each beat, you know, they play the beat for, what, 30 seconds minimum before changing it. So I'll have that Fury Titans Volume 4. Yeah. I'll have that one, or I'll have Strictly Motherfucking Headbanging. Like, I'll have one of them that I listen to. And I go to that, I keep that beat the entire time. Because the beat at the beginning shows up at other intervals of that, of the, um, of the set. Mm-hmm. And so you're... I guess your marker of effort is when that beat comes back into Are play, you still you're on? still hitting. Yeah. Well, with me, I'm really good at the pace because of track. Mm-hmm. Like I know what my sprint interval, right. your tap interval is what we called it. Your tap interval has to be, I know how I need to hear. It was, it was a, it was a um, audio thing. I, I needed to hear for certain times. If I wanted to run a 49 second, 400 meter dash. I needed to hear my feet hitting the ground at a certain interval. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you just kind of keep that. You keep that and you just apply it to the cardio. And dude, I swear it just goes by so fast. You focus on that beat. Right. And you just like focus on that beat. And then it's like, oh fuck. Like I'm at the 15 minute timestamp. Cause you know, you listen to something yep. so much. Mm-hmm. Like I'm at the 15 minute timestamp. I feel like I'm just getting started. Like I yep. feel good. Exactly. It gives you something to focus That's on. Funny. It's a game yeah, too. Everybody uses like something different that, yeah. you know, from their background that yeah. helps them get them. But when you, that. when you turn it into a game, I think it's really fucking good. Yeah. But like, honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. Like at the end of contest prep, I'm not gonna do that shit. At the end of contest prep, I'm just gonna think about losing. Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly. my game. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get so shitty and you're yep. going to be so, so you're not gonna be able deprived to of energy yeah. that you're going to be like, fuck, I just want to get this over. Yeah, I just want to fucking go and make sure I don't lose. Mm-hmm. So dieting time is massively number one. You need more time than you think you need. That goes for a majority of people. And you likely need to push harder than you think you need to push. That too goes for a majority of people. I recommend starting, I, I, I think starting a diet or, or starting to just, focus on really tightening up um you know assuming you're not incredibly lean going into the competition prep phase think about starting to tighten up around that 20 week time frame um that's going to give you plenty of time the whole 20 weeks is not a fucking deficit um, you know, like what we did with Brandon, it was an entire deficit. It's not what I recommend at all. It's also your first fucking real cycle. Yeah. So like, it's not like we had to worry about wasting muscle. Mm-hmm. Like you grew, you fuck, you grew for really the first eight weeks. I didn't lose. I didn't, the logbook was getting beat until probably 
I would say like six days out. But then I remember when it stopped getting beat, the tank, it was, oh, yeah. it, you weren't even close no, anymore. No way. Yeah, the tank was gone. Yeah, it was It was a dramatic drop. Yeah, it's like the gas tank got removed. Mm-hmm. I, was, <laughs> I, think it was like, I think it was like a full week. Yeah, out. yeah, that makes sense. But you're so close at that point, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I didn't care. You know what? You know what's something really interesting I found with clients? They like convince, uh, I, so to be honest, I don't think it's ever happened to me. I say that and I might be a little, I might just be trying to make myself feel better about it. I have seen people and had people admit to me that they convinced themselves that like another route was better than the one that their coach was giving them. So like, oh man, like I'm so flat. Say like, I need a cheat meal. And then they take a cheat meal and And like, it will advise. Yeah. And and then they like wouldn't tell their coach about it and shit. Well, dude, you're missing the mark. You're not hitting your marks. If you're taking an ill-advised cheat meal, like, dude, I've been there. Like, I've been there when it's 1 a.m. when no one's fucking awake around you. And it's like, man, a handful of Lucky Charms would be so fucking good right now. <laughs> and I've taken that handful and I've lost shows. And then I've not taken that handful and I've won shows. So it's like, which do you want? Like, dude, I know. Like, that that dopamine hit, that dopamine hit is so hard. You know what's funny for me? My weakness is just cold drinks. Like, and like apple juice cold or something? drinks. Yeah. So like when prep gets hard, all those drinks are gone. <laughs> There's no, nothing gonna be there. Like I'm not, have, I'm having no temptations. Like Gatorade zeros <laughs> and shit's fine. You know, it's funny is that like, I would have those 1am temptations, but yeah. I would, I, I would be so scared to wake you guys up because like your guys' room is next to the kitchen. That like if I, like Justin marches out, Brandon's I, fucking can you imagine? Cereal. Can you imagine? What would I even do? I don't even know. That's what I'm saying. Like I've had. I th- those. You know what I think I do? I'd be like Brandon. What are we doing right now? And you'd be like, Yeah, I really shouldn't be here. And I'd be like, <laughs> And then you would think like, How many times have you yeah, done this? Yeah, you know what I'm I'd saying. I'd be like, You're gonna go back to bed. And, and so we're I would just talk think in about. I would just think about how hard we're already pushing, and I'm like, yeah. Fuck, Can I even go any harder? I know. Well, can, because that's what it does. Now I have to make up. For yeah. It, right. Like, okay. Now I'm gonna have ten miles on the elliptical. <laughs> Yeah. Can I even do that? What's this? What's the fucking lucky charm? I'm gonna take four DMPs tomorrow. Oh my god, that's hilarious! So, but like, but like, people do that, or like their partner who's like, oh, you know, my my boyfriend competes or my girlfriend competes. Like, oh, cute, like that stuff. Their partner's not supportive enough to be like, no, you don't need that because see, your partner has an emotional investment in it. I'm really good at that with Megan. I have no emotional investment to the suffer. Like, I just want her to fucking. I just want her to win. Exactly. I have an emotional investment to winning. Well, your partner probably doesn't because hey if you get this cheat meal you're probably gonna feel better if you feel better you're gonna be nicer to me and if you're nicer to me we're probably gonna have sex exactly. we haven't had sex in three fucking weeks because you're so fucking tired from your contest prep time yeah take the cheat meal baby what you do you need want it. yeah I'll, I'll order it right but, now yeah i'll order it right now and like but like that's how people's reward system in their brain works is you know the long-term girl's really cool but right now i just need this um and, you know honestly i i i i i understand why people think that way but dude if you have a good coach you better follow that fucking plan there's a reason for everything like right now you know matt has me on back-to-back days of literally eat as much as he possibly can mm-hmm. i feel fucking sick mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a bunch of have last two days i don't question i i've never told a client at 14 weeks out like hey go have back-to-back days of eat as much as you possibly i've never done that with a client 
So this is brand new uncharted territory for me. And like, I'm doing it and it's like, fuck, you know, I see my physique filling out and stuff. Like tomorrow I know that I'm going to be about 271, 272, which I know is what he wants to see. Right. And like, it's working, right? Like I've never told a client to do that. And me being a really fucking intelligent guy, at least maybe I fucking think I am. Maybe I'm not, I'm not questioning. I just do it because I have a really good coach and I know my coach brings people in shape right. and I want to be in shape. Mm-hmm. So I'm just following. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't like what, you know what I'd like to be doing now? I'd like to feel some hunger. I would like to have cardio. He pulled our cardio. I would like to have cardio. I'd like to be really fucking hungry. Yeah. I I'm really fucking tired from my work day. I'm not tired whatsoever from the protocols. I would like to be tired. It makes I, you feel I, like I, you're getting closer. I want to feel like I'm 14 weeks out. Right. So like when I pulled up to five guys earlier today, like I can't lie. I felt like I was cheating on my diet. Like coach told me to be here and coach told me to do this. So I'm doing it. Yeah. And like me, I do. I can't, I'm hard to coach. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I'm with Matt forever. Cause there's not a lot of fucking people who I actually respect enough to like, like, I mean, th- there's one person in the world who can tell me to do this and I would do it. Yeah. And like, that's why I'm with him. Mm-hmm. Like to be quite frank. And he's got the roster and the, you know, the, he, he, the yeah. background to prove. But, but even more, like, he just has my trust because I know that Matt has my best interest to heart. And he wants to see me win as bad as I want to win. And I think that's really important in a coach. Like, dude, Matt's never once told me, no, tw- sorry, twice. Two times he's told me I look good. My last update I sent him, I was like, oh, oh, wow, this is going to be a big year. Like, you're going to do something. Never told me I look good because he knows I don't need to hear that. Yeah. He, I, looking good, when I look, when I know I look good is when I'm on stage winning. And he knows that's how I operate. And, you know, he has clients. He's been on the podcast talking about how he has clients who he knows he has to validate. Right. I hate having to validate people. Mm-hmm. He hates having to validate people. Well, some people need that. That right? customer service. They, yeah, yeah. It's it's like are you? sometimes you have to be a customer service agent. Sometimes you have to be a coach. Mm-hmm. But, like, after after Tom Brady scores a touchdown, like, does Bruce Arians actually tell him good job? Fuck no. I don't think they do. I'm pretty sure. You have to throw four more. Yeah. But but when Antonio Brown catches the ball, you probably have to tell him good job to keep him focused, right? right. So it's just like assessing to what's in front of mm-hmm. you. Um, and I, I, I think that's very important. So don't con- like trying to convince yourself that another route is better. Honestly, if you're doing that, I think you should look in the mirror at who's guiding you and just make sure you're trusting that person. Like, do they have the resume? Do they have the backing? Like, the resume and the backing is not about turning people pro. And this is coming from someone who I've, you know, fortunately had good success at. It's not a, even about national top five placings. Again, I've had good success there. It's about what's their body of work just show mm-hmm. not everyone gets clients who can just turn pro all the time yeah not everyone you know gets people who are going to like do or die just whatever it takes to be good you can tell a person's body of work based on one themselves mm-hmm. you know to what they're actually doing with the with, with the athlete they have are they taking someone with shit fucking genetics and turning them into good are they turning shit into water they might not turn water into wine, but they not they might not start with any water. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Like that's how I got my that's how I got my start was I was taking shit and turning it to water. I didn't have any wine, but I had people who shouldn't be I've talked about that before. I have yeah. people who shouldn't be placed in top five, placed in top five. And you know, then it just transpires from there because eventually you get mm-hmm. water. Yep. And like now I get wine. Those people were bought into the process exactly. and they they trusted you. Yeah. Now what what would you suggest athletes that um, you know, kind of had that in their back of their mind. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I look how I should. I'm not feeling how I should. Yeah. They don't necessarily trust their coach a whole lot. 
And yeah. you know, what, what do you feel like they should do in that situation? Do you feel like they should communicate that with their coach or is that yeah. kind of like questioning your coach? Is that disrespectful to kind of be like, I think it's again, the coach's resume. Like if you're with a coach who consistently has people showing up on point, I don't know if there's much to question. Um, like I can't lie. One of my, one of my flaws and I, I, I never show this to my clients, but if I feel like I'm getting questioned, I get a little frustrated Yeah, as I did. Come on. Like, geez, the body of work is huge here. Like I, I, I'm, I'm working on it because I understand people inherently are going, it's not about questioning protocol or having questions about protocols. It's about like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't be more sure. Right. Like, right. Actually. Right. So that, that's a hard place to be. It depends on your relationship with your coach as well. But it's what's their body of work? Like, try to find the last person they put on stage that wasn't in shape. All right, for some people, you're going to find that was late last year. For other people, you're going to find it's been years. When I look at Matt, who's the last person, Matt? I haven't followed Matt, and he's had someone out of shape on stage. And you say the same about me. Mm-hmm. Like, last time I did was three years ago. So it's like the body of work's pretty substantial, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone hits the mark, everyone's in shape. But that doesn't mean everyone wins, right? You know, you can't win. Every, I mean, you were you couldn't have possibly looked better for where you were at at that time. You right. didn't win. No, you won your novice class, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But like you didn't win the open. Mm-hmm. So, to be honest, both shows I thought you looked better than who won. <laughs> who I lost. Yeah. But well, the, in the second show, that dude was massive. Yeah, Josh. Josh, Josh was, big. he was not in shape, but man, he was big. Mm-hmm. Remember his back? Dude, he had, I asked bro, him what he trained, how bro. he trained back afterwards. <laughs> his back And then we made, a, we made a plan to, for him to come to Austin yeah. and train. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, well, he wants to meet us at Fox Fitness next mm-hmm. time we're there, huh? Yeah, that's what's up. So, Vision yourselves that another route is better, is going to make, uh, it's, it's going to make you miss the mark. Operating with logic rather than emotion this is huge you guys kind of like what branded um just alluded to here are you being logical in your thoughts or are you being emotional in your thoughts of how you look of the things that are happening within protocols of the changes that are happening of how far out you are versus how you feel the logic behind it is let's follow protocol. Let's keep working. Let's keep cranking away. The emotional response is, oh my God, I'm so fucking stressed and anxious. Like I'm so fucking stressed and anxious. I need to calm down. I need to calm down. I need to calm down. Uh, binge. Exactly. That's what people do. Yeah. That's the only thing they feel like is going to make them feel better. Yes. Cause they're, they're looking down. for any sort of dopamine right. that they can possibly mm-hmm. get. And I, I, I think it's very important. You know, Cameron, and I talked about it. Matt and I talked about it last time he was on. It's, I've had one client in eight years do well, six years of contest prep coaching, do well, who was like emotionally all over the place. Cameron said he had had one. Matt said he had zero. Between the three of us, I mean, we've trained over a thousand people for for, for contest prep. Three out of a thousand. That's three thousandth of a percent. Mm -hmm. That's not a very fucking high percent. Like, if, if, if you are constantly on this verge of some sort of emotional cascade, you need to focus on getting that under control before prep time, before anything. That has to get under control here. Um, dude, calories sneak in. Calories sneak in so fucking easy. People don't understand this. Oh, yeah. Excessive use of cooking spray. Dude, that olive oil we have out there. Olive oil cooking spray. Dude. 
you know, people will use that rather than like olive oil as like a, you know, low calorie replacement for stuff. Like they'll make their own food and then they'll like wet it down with that olive oil spray. Dude, that shit has, it does have a small amount of calories, mm -hmm. but understand it's only zero calories for the serving size listed, which is like one small spray. Right. Like that has calories. You can douse your shit in olive oil cooking spray mm -hmm. or butter cooking spray. Any of those cooking sprays, coconut oil cooking sprays. If you douse your fucking shit in it, there might be 10, 15 calories in there. Yep. What if you have three meals a day? What if you have every single day? What if you do that every single day for a month? You just added a thousand calories to your fucking month. Mm -hmm. That's how you end up not in shape. S small things like the butter sprays. The yeah. I, like you and you and Megan both use this in your prep, but you just you just a you bit. use it. Well, yeah, use a little mm -hmm. bit. What if you put that on everything? And you're mm -hmm. just spraying and spraying and spraying. It's fucking, it's 60 sprays a day. You know what I found odd calories in it? What? And I had to like chill. Was melatonin. Melatonin does. Yeah, yeah. the melatonin gummies, the gummies have calories. They have though. calories in them. Yeah, what, 15? Mm -hmm. Per, yeah. There's like, like yeah. That counts. Mm -hmm. And like, do it Especially if you're taking prep. it every day. At the end of prep, like, well, so I use like three gummies a day. Like at the end of prep, that's 45 calories a day. But also a big item is when you, you know, depending on supplements and stuff like that. Let's say you stop your food at 7 p.m. because you want to be, you know, in a fasted state prolonged or something like that. And it's 11 p.m. You take this melatonin gummies. You just broke your fasted yep. state. You broke what we're doing with your supplement protocol. Right. And now, you know, it, that, that, that elicits an, ins an insulogenic response. Mm -hmm. When you elicit an insulogenic response, it can push things back in. This is when we're timing something like a DMP or like a, um, even thyroid medicine or growth hormone. Like when we're timing something out, dude, it matters. It really fucking does. The amino acids. Amino yep. acids. So uh, two years ago, I had a girl, a uh, figure girl, who she actually, she doesn't compete anymore. Started a family and all that stuff. I had a figure girl. She got third place at her at her national show. And we won an overall, won two overalls actually, went to national. Third place at a national show. And I remember we were like six weeks out and I was like, you are not dropping the way that you were. Um, like what, what can we do here? Like what's going on? Like I'm trying everything. I'm looking at everything. Like what's happening here? Um where, where can we be better? And so I had her send me over her entire day. I mean, every single thing that you're doing, like a, a literal detail log. Like I need to know when you wake up, I need to know when you pee. I need to know when you shit. I need to know when you brush your teeth. Like I had her send me everything. Usually when I do that with someone, there's like 60, 70 items a day that people do. Yeah. And I'll go through and read it. And she said, start water. I remember start water somewhere. Um, end water somewhere, something like that. And I was like, oh, you know, why, why do you have like an end water time? And she said, well, the amino acids I mix in with my water cause my sweet tooth or, um, yeah, cause my sweet tooth to ramp up at night. And I was like, oh, you're mixing amino acids with your water every day. And she said, yeah, you know, I mix like four scoops of BCAs with my water in the morning and I like fill it up and all that stuff throughout the day. I was like, those are, those are calories. It's not listed on there, mm -hmm. but there are absolutely calories mm -hmm. and there's an insulinogenic response that happens here. And if we're doing that every single day, yep. I forget, I found out how many calories was at the time for what she was using and all that stuff. We cut that out and it was amazing. I mean, you're, well, you're not just cutting out the calories, you're cutting out artificials yep. as well. Yep. And like you're pounding your gut with artificials all day. D dude, honestly, be hungry. Just my best advice in contest prep just be hungry. The protein fluffs, the protein ice cream fluffs and all that fucking bullshit you're doing, don't. Don't do, if you're one of my clients, you're definitely not doing that shit. Mm -hmm. Why, we don't need protein pancakes. 
with Walden Farms syrup all over. We don't need to use the artificial, the high artificial shit. You know, when you're putting that protein fluff on that shit, you know what it's doing? It's going in your gut and it takes up so much fucking space for so little that it just expands your fucking gut. When your gut is expanded, guess what it pulls in? It pulls in a shit ton of water to try and clear all this out. So now we have a shit ton of water in there. We have an insulogenic response happening. The water on top of how much volume you put in there for hardly fucking anything on top of all the artificials that are in there, you're causing a cascade of digestive issues. You're literally begging for it to happen. And then you wonder why you're constipated. I have a, I mean, holy why you're fucking bloated shit. In your check-ins and yeah, yeah, dude, like that, that takes a long time to clear that. Don't dude, be hungry. Like just be hungry. Gum. Gum is a huge one. Tic Tacs are a huge one. These all have calories. Minimize their usage. Like, one stick of gum a day. Why do you need more than one stick of gum a day? Like, if you're doing bodybuilding competition and you don't want to be hungry, then don't do it. Quite frankly, like, you need to be fucking hungry. Like, if you're going to drop body fat and truly get in shape, you are going to be hungry because your body is begging for more body fat. And the only way you can get more body fat is if it has more nutrients come in and less output go out. Right. Just be hungry. Just own it. Like, dude, it is what it is. And, dude, it's so short term. This is like, what you signed up for. This is what it is. You ask, this is the most privileged sport in the world yep. you can possibly do. It's like, you know, signing up for football and complaining about getting hit. Getting hit. Like, <laughs> dude, yeah, that's what my mom the name did. of the game. So my mom did. I started playing football when it's fifth, sixth grade. And I was quarterback, right? I think I told you about that. I never knew you were quarterback. Yeah, I was quarterback for all three There's years. There's no way you could throw the ball eight yards. That's nice. That's nice. I, <laughs> I dropped tuds, dude. When oh, you were how, when coach, you're how old? Coach, you want a back shoulder fade right now to the end zone? Mm. First hash? Good. I got this. Watch, <laughs> yeah. this. Watch this, dude. Back, how old were you? Nasty. Sixth grade. Sixth grade? You were throwing back shoulders? <laughs> Nasty. I remember I remember. I was I was rolling out to the right, and I saw someone open to my left across the field, and I just fucking gunned it, dude. I just gunned it. You were not rolling out in sixth grade. I was rolling out, but I wasn't throwing it across the fucking field. <laughs> you were trying to take off. I would, I, we, 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 we tossed the ball around a little bit. We yeah. threw like 10, 15 times a game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's in that that young. It's, you don't know how to read a fucking yeah. defense, no, dude. You're just, you I'm know looking at my receivers. To. I never looked at a safety. I you never looked at a safety. You know who you're throwing off. to pre-snap. <laughs> You kind of do well. All of our pass plays only had two options, or the third option would be either the running back or the tight end would release at the end, and you would know which one it was based off the play call. The last word would be tight, or the last word would be back, and that's who's breaking off. off of the end. Everyone else is blocking. Yeah, there's no so way like, you're getting through all those reads. Though. Yeah, <laughs> and so like you go through, like you look at him, and then you look at him. You know right where they're going to be, yep. and there's no option routes. There's no nothing. You look at him. You look at him, and it's like okay. I'm going to wait until the tight or the back break off. And then dude, completion four yards. First down, <laughs> second, six coach, coach. I'm feeling hot. Ride the hot hand, dude. Hell Mary coach. Hey, dude, let me, let me throw this. Let me ball. air it out. Let me air it out. Jeffrey's going to catch let, it. Let me get a fade. Let me get a fade to the back of the zone from the 30. I never knew you played quarterback. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were okay. We were okay. Um, I, you know, I, I, to be honest, I, I did my job. I checked the boxes, mm-hmm. but um, I, we won a majority of our games, like a, a vast majority. Uh, but dude, remember, remember, I told you about when I went to high school. Um, I quit playing football because I thought I was going to go to Duke to play basketball. Yeah, no one told me. <laughs> yeah, no one told me what it like took. 
And do you remember the story about how I found out I wasn't going to do it? Oh, do you man. remember that one? No, I don't. I played. My, I just can't believe my freshman. You I, I straight up, oh, dude. I mean, I was nasty at basketball. Yeah, but and like how I, many how many scholarships go to exactly. Duke a year? So, so no one told me. No one told me this shit. <laughs> so I'm playing basketball and I'm at a AAU camp and all this shit. And we've got a nasty fucking team. Um, but we go and we play against this guy you might have heard of. His name's Austin fucking Rivers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who's going to Duke? Interesting. And I found out what <laughs> what going to Duke looks you, like. What a Duke player was? That's how, That's I swear to God, that's how I learned I wasn't going to Duke to play basketball. Was he nasty? It, oh, my God. He dropped was 48. He was... dropped 48 on me. I was guarding him. <laughs> he dropped four eight on me. There's nothing you could do. You're not a Duke defender. No, I'm not. I'm not a Duke anything. It's 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 disrespectful to say my name and Duke in the same sentence. You could be a Duke bodybuilder. So, yeah, see, see, dude, I'll be elite. There you go. So I play Austin Rivers, and I, I'm going into the game like, oh, scouts' eyes are on this. And there's not a scout in fucking attendance. Like I don't know why there's were any fucking scouts there. I was like, ah, my mark. <laughs> I was zoned in. I'm I'm looking at Austin Rivers for the game and warm ups. I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's not that good. You got another thing coming for you, boy. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, all warm ups, everything. Like coach is talking about Austin. Rivers is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is how we're going to stop him. I'm like, yeah, me. <laughs> I'm going to stop him. Yeah, I, I, I didn't stop him. <laughs> I did nothing against him. How tall is he? Um, at the time, he was like 6'3". I think he ended up being like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, though. Um, so I was six foot. He was 6'3". It's so like the height wasn't a big deal. Holy fucking shit, this guy's first step was unbelievable. Like, so I didn't even see him move, and he mm-hmm. was past me. Like, dude, it was unreal. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's that's a Duke basketball. Player. Yeah, yeah, and, and then and then it's like you know you start anticipating this fucking first step, and he's giving you a fucking hesier. He's giving you just a slight pump fake. You run into and a like, screen, dude. I remember like like what he was doing was he was just looking which way you're gonna move your feet. If you're gonna move your feet, um, if you're gonna move a foot back because you're anticipating him driving, he just pulls up because your momentum's going back, mm-hmm. and so now. Now, even if you jump, you're late, and especially he has clear eyes on the rim, too. especially with a small height advantage. And he has a clear shot to the fucking rim, so you can't recover from that. His shot's also so fast. If you're going to take a step to the side, he's going. He's faking that side. He's going to the other side. He's going to do around the back. He's going to spin off you, or he's just going to start with his left hand or his right hand opposite side you're going. Or if you do, if he gives you a pump fake, you don't go anywhere. You stay on your feet. He's just going to pull up because you think you're going to give him another pump fake. You don't want to get blown by him. Like I mean, you could tell he'd been playing with Paul Pierce and Rajon Rondo mm-hmm. his entire life because yeah. he had been. Yeah, and like. That, like, literally, Brandon, the heartbreak of realizing during a game <laughs> that you're not going to do your career to play is basket, over. that your career is effectively done, yeah. was it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I was very sad. I remember, like, being pretty pissed at my parents because I'd vocalize. <laughs> I'd be like, I want to play basketball at Duke. Yeah. But, like, honestly, like, looking back, I don't think they realized. Mm-hmm. I like, they didn't know either. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad knew I wasn't going to Duke, but, like, he probably thought I could play D1, and he realized that <laughs> like, you can't play anywhere. This is the funniest thing I've heard all day. Yeah, dude. Austin Rivers fucked me up. And then I never knew I that got to play against Anthony Davis. Coach. I got to play against Anthony Davis, and that was, you know, another experience that was very humbling. I almost beat you in pickup, and you thought you are going to Duke? This guy never. <laughs> you beat me this by a guy, point, and you thought you were going to no, Duke. Hang on, I had a team. And do you remember who was on my fucking team? Oh, dude, I have Do you tears. remember who was on my team? My do you remember who was on my team? 
Dudes were wet. I remember that. Dude. Not those a single were, bucket was scored. Those were some him. Duke players not a, <laughs> on your team. <laughs> I can't confirm it was not Austin Rivers on my team. I can confirm that with one hundred percent certainty. We started this conversation because oh you said you played quarterback once. Yeah, dude, I was pretty nasty, dude. Yeah. To be honest, I was. I definitely thought I was going to Ohio State and play quarterback. <laughs> See, like, <laughs> no, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? My my football dreams were over before they began because I hated getting hit. It sucks. I hated getting it hit. Sucks. Yeah. I have brain damage to this day. <laughs> That's not an excuse. It's not an excuse to be an idiot. You used to have clip-on earpieces as kids. Yeah. And like, how do you think that, yeah. like, that technology is not good? The little shut helmets and yeah. stuff, uh, they sucked. Clip-on yeah. ear pads. I hated getting hit. But I hated how my head rung every time I hit somebody. Mm-hmm. So I was just playing football because I was like, dude, like I like scoring touchdowns. I might have scored like fucking. I might have scored twenty touchdowns in my three year career. <laughs> but I was like, I like scoring touchdowns. That's fine. And so like it was worth it. Now I'm looking back, like I'm really glad I stopped because like none of that shit's worth it. I have a it. scar on my eye right here because my whole helmet s- turned sideways and ripped my eye open, dude. And you know what's wild? Like in high school, dudes start hitting hard. In college, dudes are smacking. I was unconscious and three then, times in college. Then you go to the NFL on the sidelines, and you're like, oh. wait, what's his contract? <laughs> he gets paid $4 million a year to take that hit? No, no, you can't pay me $40 million a year to take that hit once. Mm-mm. So I realized I was a pussy. And that gets me into pain tolerance there and how go. much you need as a bodybuilder. Yep. So I guess I'm going to skip over that fucking point because yep. we all know I'm a fucking vagina. <laughs> compared to an NFL player. It's funny. Literally, my next point is pain tolerance. But like you said, it is compared to an NFL player. Like, yeah. This is why I don't do the it's whole like pain. going to war with the weights on stuff. I did. No, I've like... I've seen metaphorical war happen on a football field in the NFL and like bodybuilding is so easy compared to it. Like I hate when guys say that Yeah. because two things, one, that one, like in terms of athletics, that's the closest you get to war. Right. But two, like real fucking war, like bullets are flying <laughs> at you. Your biggest worry on your push days, your pec is going to get a little strained. Yeah. Like you're not going to get your fucking, you're nothing. You're not going to get your head blown You're not going to be amputated. No. Yeah. You're making it out of the gym a lot. Yeah. It, you, you can't really, possibly do anything inside this gym that kills you i promise you your your banded booty kickback <laughs> is not gonna end your life i promise you if you can only bench 200 pounds and you put 600 pounds in the bar you're still not dying yeah exactly. you're still gonna walk out of the gym that day mm-hmm. now it might not be a fun walk out of the gym but you're still walking out of the gym yep. that fucking day pain tolerance is honestly a huge thing you don't need to be an nfl player you definitely need to be tougher than a duke basketball player but somewhere in between is a really happy meeting you need to understand dude it's gonna suck like yeah your legs are gonna hurt and then you have to go train legs and you've got to find a way to make them give your body a stimulus that forces it to keep the the muscle there to not burn muscle right so the pain tolerance has to be extremely high the hunger tolerance has to be extremely high you just what's the right thing when shit gets hard when shit gets tough ask yourself what is the right thing to do right now to achieve my goal you know that answer and all you have to do then is just trust yourself enough to execute that answer Okay. Um, missing biofeedback. It's more so a coaching point. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, if a client stops sweating in prep, it's a big deal. Sleep quality. I don't look, your sleep duration is going to suck. If you're in any sort of shape whatsoever, your sleep duration is going to suck. What's our sleep quality when we are sleeping? How is it? Is it deep? Is it efficient? 
you're lucky if you get more than five hours of sleep. If you're a bodybuilder, if you're a competitive bodybuilder, and you're utilizing Trimbalone, and you're peeling out of your fucking mind, and you're utilizing fat burners, you're utilizing, if you get more than five hours, you are lucky. You can see, fucking consider yourself goddamn lucky. You're drinking a lot of water, too. You wake yeah. up throughout pissing, the night. Pissing all the times. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hydration is another big one. Like, you just brought up missing water. Look, when you're burning body fat, it is a, that is a very water-expensive item to to go to undergo so early on in prep you see people like they'll hit a little uh, a slight um plateau because they're not going to be as serious as we need them to be about their water intake because their body doesn't have enough water to facilitate the fat loss um liver and kidney health this is massive if you're not taking revive liver and kidney yes revive liver and kidney it's not because i'm sponsored by it, not because i'm paid by them we literally have the gold standard of of of, of um, supplement certifications that only we have that says our product is the best product there is. Revive liver and kidney is going to keep you healthy and stable throughout your prep. If your liver turns to shit, your fat loss turns to shit. Your liver is extremely important in fat oxidation. If your kidneys turn to shit, your kidneys, which filtrate your water, your electrolytes, everything. If your kidneys turn to shit, do you think you're going to get dry and hard on show day? No, you're going to look fucking soft. Liver and kidney health are huge. On a, like, to be 100, you can be sponsored by whoever you want. Your coach can be telling you whoever you want. If you're not utilizing a revived liver and kidney, you are leaving variables on the table that you are in complete control of that can literally help you be a better bodybuilder. No one has anything close. And we it, this isn't talk. We have how many blood tests to back it up? We have how many certifications to back it up? We have how many third-party tests to back it up? No one's even close. No one's in the same ballpark as what we've done. Find a supplement company that's even close. Send them over to me. You're not going to find one. Focus on the next variable, not the show date. Dude, people go through prep focusing on May 29th, May 29th, May 29th, May 29th. Just the date of my first show, 179 days, 178 days, 177 days. Focus on the next variable. Because I promise you, if you are focused on May 29th, then on February 20, what's tomorrow? Fifth? Whatever. February 26th, you're very prone to fucking up. On March 26th, you're very prone to fucking up. Why? Because that's not even close to May 29th in terms of the calendar. Focus on the next variable. Focus on the show date is not the way we win. We focus on the next sleep. We focus on the next meal. Focus on the next cardio supplement. Focus on the next fo- focus on the next supplement that you have to take. You focus on the next injection. You focus on the next work task. You fo- focus on the, the next thing that is a variable in your life. Focus on crushing that and f- crush that one at a time. There's a there's a lyric Russ said I, I've mentioned to you before. Yeah. Uh, the type of focus where I'll count the days and make the days count. Yes, like that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That is literally it. Make the days count. Don't focus on the number of days. Because that time's going to pass regardless. Yep. It's either going to pass really fast or really slow. Mm-hmm. And your perspective on that is what's going to make the difference. Yep. My favorite one, and the last one I have for you. Wanting first place isn't enough. Everyone wants to win. You wanted to win your shows. You didn't win your shows. I want to win my shows. There is a chance I do not win my shows. Wanting first place isn't enough. You have to deserve first place. Look back in the last 24 hours. 
whatever phase you're in right now, an improvement phase, health phase, contest prep phase, in the last 24 hours, did you earn a win? Did you do everything in your control to ensure your next time on stage is a win? You want to win, but so does everyone else you're competing against. Did you earn the win? I don't even think I need to expand upon that. It kind of speaks for itself. Earn the win. Don't focus on winning it because everyone competes in wanting to win. I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. We all want to fucking win, but there's only one fucking winner at the end of the day. It's either going to be you or someone else deserved it more than you. And living with that's really fucking tough. Coming from someone who has lost a lot of overalls. I've lost way more than I've won. I was out-deserved in every single one. Episode 135, I'll see you next time.